Welcome to Living the Good Life Podcast, where we bring you messages, thoughts, and advice for living the good life. Today's message is brought to us by Brother Larry Dishman. And we'll ask you to take your Bibles and turn with us to the book of 1 Peter and the first chapter, verse number 6. Wherein you greatly rejoice, though now for a season, if need be, you are in heaviness through manifold temptations, that the trial of your faith, being much more precious than that of gold that perisheth, though it be tried with fire, might be found under praise and honor and glory at the appearing of Jesus Christ, whom having not seen ye love, and whom though now ye see him not yet believing, ye rejoice with joy unspeakable and full of glory, receiving the end of your faith, even the salvation of your souls. We'd like to bring a message entitled, Why do Christians suffer? 2,500 years ago, Solomon surveyed the course of human existence and concluded that life is all vanity or emptiness. You can read about that in the book of Ecclesiastes, the second chapter, verses 18 through 23. He saw the righteous suffer and felt that it was a form of injustice. Job must have felt this same way during the time of his trial. Perhaps you too have gone through an extended trial, had questions and doubts about it. I'd like to stop right here and say that everything is not doom and gloom for the Christian. In fact, I believe that we as Christians have it pretty good. We know that the Bible tells us that the way of the transgressor is harm. And even in the midst of this passage of Scripture, Peter gives us several reasons for rejoicing. First of all, in verse number three, we find that we have a lively hope. In verse number four, we find that we have a lasting inheritance. In verse number five, we find that we have a long-term salvation. And in verse number six, we find we have a long-for final reward. With all of this in mind, let me say That's not all bad. That's good. There's much cause for rejoicing in the Lord. And I believe as the church, we ought to get about it in a greater way. However, we will have trials. Trials will come our way. We may not understand all the trials. And we definitely may not appreciate them when they come. But we need to be prepared for these trials 
just the same. That's Peter's purpose in these verses. He wants to encourage his readers, but he also wants to prepare them for what surely is to come. Let's see what Peter's words teach us about our trials and why do Christians suffer. He gives us three words that we need to keep in mind about our trying times. First of all, a word about reality. Rejoicing is our common state. If you spend enough time around some believers, I say again, you may come away feeling that the Christian life is one big series of trials and there's no room for praise. In truth, we are to be A rejoicing people. We are to rejoice in spite of our troubles. Paul and Silas had troubles. They were beaten. They were put in prison. They were held fast with stocks. But they rejoiced in spite of their troubles. And through that rejoicing... A man got saved. A family got saved. Redemption does not guarantee us immunity from trials. The Christian who thinks that just because he or she is saved, that they're going to be shielded from trouble, is in for a terribly rude awakening. Being saved is no hedge from trouble. I'd like to share some things with you. Christians get sick, come down with cancer, have strokes, have heart problems. Amen. Christians, marriages fall apart sometimes because Maybe someone in the marriage backslides. Sometimes a couple have been out in sin and one will come and get saved, the other will not get saved. That causes trouble sometimes in a marriage. Amen. Christian parents have trouble with their children sometimes. Christians have financial problems, have to take pay cuts, lose their jobs sometimes. Amen. Christians walk through some pretty deep, dark valleys. Now everything that I've said about Christians having all these problems, sinners also have all those problems if not more so. Somebody said, well, if I'm going to have problems, if I get saved, like I have problems now, then I don't see any reason to get saved. But friend, if you get saved, you've got somebody to help you through your troubles. You've got somebody to help you through your trials. You've got somebody that really loves you 
and cares about you. That's the difference in the saint and in the sinner. I tell you, friend, I believe that I have other brothers and sisters here that will agree with me. As I look over my life, I do not know how I would have made it if I hadn't had God on my side. I don't know how I would have made it through some of the things that I've had to face without God in my life. And sometimes I look at people who are not saved and see them going through hard places. I don't know how they make it without God. If you're not saved, friend, you can get saved and you'll find, friend, that it's much easier to go through these hard places in life when you got God in your heart and life. Remember that just because this trial came and took you by surprise, it never took God by surprise. Amen. He knew about it before it happened and had already made a way to bring you out of that trial. Hallelujah. Praise God. Amen. Before it ever happened, God already had a plan how he's going to bring you through the situation. Amen. Amen. He never changes. He's still able to help us through the trials of life. The Bible lets us know in the book of Hebrews, the 13th chapter and verse number 8, Jesus Christ the same yesterday, today, and forever. He's still the same today. Amen. Whether we want to accept it or not, rough times are in store for every individual, including us who are saved. Sinner friend, there's rough times ahead for you. Child of God, There's rough times ahead for you. No one is immune from troubles and trials. The struggles of Job, his life was going well. He was a blessed man. Job was definitely a blessed man. He had a large family. He was right with God. But his life fell apart. Friend, don't look at people and criticize them. When you see things are going wrong in their lives, that don't mean they're bad people. Job was a great man of God, a good man of God. But it seemed like everything fell apart. Do not fall into this trap of the health and wealth preacher who tells you that if you're saved, you'll never have trouble again. There's some preachers, that's what they're called, health and wealth preachers. And they'll tell you that if you get saved, all your troubles will be over. Friend, that preacher's lying to you. God wants you to know that there'll be times when you will have battles. Amen. Peter calls these trying times men of fold, temptations. 
That means they hit us from every side and often with devastating consequences. Did you ever feel in your life that the devil was attacking you from every area? That's what he's talking about. Manifold temptations. Then we have a word about realignment, the area of our trials. The trial of your faith is what Peter's talking about. When troubles do come, they seem to concentrate their power against our faith in the Lord. And Satan wants to do all he can to make Christians doubt the power of God to meet their needs. If there's one thing the devil is trying to do to me and one thing the devil is trying to do to you and that's attack your faith because it's essential that we have it. This is the victory that overcometh the world, even our faith. So it makes sense that the devil is going to attack the very thing that overcometh the world. He wants us to doubt God. He wants us to doubt the promises and the word of God and make us feel like that God has forsaken us and God has left us alone to work out all of our problems on our own. If anyone knew this, it was Peter. Jesus had already told him that he was going to have to die for Christ. Jesus had already told Peter to expect rejection from the world. And Peter had already suffered for his faith. In the book of Acts, the fourth chapter, in the book of Acts, the twelfth chapter, Paul knew his share of suffering. Stephen suffered for Jesus. James was killed for his faith. In Acts 12, we find they suffered as the people of God. Someone has said over 68 million believers have died during the past 2,000 years for the name of Jesus. 68 million Christians have died for the name of Jesus in the last 2,000 years. Christians who find themselves suffering, especially for their faith, are in good company. Peter speaks of the refining process that gold goes through. When it is subjected to the flame, the impurities and the dross in the gold come to the top. The result is far purer gold than that which was present before. The same is true in the life of every Christian under the sound of our voice. When Jesus allows us to go through the furnace of affliction, it serves to remove from our lives the things that were not needed and it brings us into a closer and a purer relationship with Jesus Christ. The abundance that we receive 
Peter nudges us to remember that we're not home yet. And our trials are working for our good. The Bible says that in Romans 8, 28. And we know that all things work together for the good of them who are called of God. To them who love God and are called according to his purpose. All things work together for the good of them that love God. Every one of us in this building no doubt can look over our lives at a particular thing and say, God, I don't see any good in this. And God hears something that I don't see no way any good could ever come out of this. But listen to what God said. He didn't say that there might be good in that particular thing. But he said all things work together for the good. When God puts it all together, it works together for our good. Amen. There's a lot of things in our life individually we say, I don't see no good in this and I don't see no good in that. But God is able to take all the things that we go through and work them together for our good. All things, friend, don't forget that. That means the trials that you go through, the persecutions that you go through, the troubles that you have, the hard places that you have, all things work together for the good. If we can just keep that in mind, no matter what happens to us as a child of God, we can always remember God's word promises me that everything works together for the good of them that love God. I love that promise, don't you? That's what we need to think about. Amen. Every time something comes our way, Hold on to that promise found in God's word. God, I don't see any good in this, but I still believe your word. I still believe that you're on the throne and you're able to take this situation and work it for my good. Amen. Definitely, dear ones, we may not see the benefit today, but when we stand before the Lord in heaven, will be rewarded for our walk with him, for the suffering that we endured, and it'll be worth it all. I believe it's worth it all in this life. That's not to be compared to the life to come. And every time I think about this, my mind goes to the scripture in 2 Corinthians 4, 17, for our light affliction, which is but for a moment. Listen, not works for God, but worketh for us it's working for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory thank God for that scripture amen one glimpse of his dear face all sorrow will erase I like to study about the eagles and I think about many times when it's time for that little eagle to leave the nest, how that mother will get that little eagle 
on its back and it'll begin to fly higher and higher and how that little eagle is holding on with desperation and somehow that eagle flies upside down. That little baby eagle is not able to hold on any longer and it loses hold and it starts falling fast to the ground and no doubt it believes in its mind. I'm going to be splattered right down there at the bottom of this mountain on those rocks. It's all over for me. What that little eagle don't know that its mama can fly faster than he can fall. And right before it crashes on the ground, that mother eagle will sweep down and pick that little eagle up and take it back to the nest. Amen. This is repeated several times over the next few days. And finally, that eagle will spread his wings and soar upwards. And eventually, it'll be able to fly above the storms below. But listen, friend, only because he endured the fear of falling. Just like that mother eagle, God knows best for me, and God knows best for you. And God will not let you crash, God will not let you burn, and God will not let you drown. He just allows, my friend, what he does to strengthen your faith and grow you up in him. Let's face it, friend. If the Lord never challenged us, we would never grow. But he challenges us. And maybe that's what's going on in your life. God is challenging you. God is working these things together for your good. What, what about reliability? As we weather the storms of life and see God comes through time and time again, we can actually learn to develop a spirit of praise as we journey towards heaven. Think over your life, friend. How many times God has brought you through I'm preaching to saints of God that have, some of you have lived for God for many, many years and look how many times God brought you through. All the difficulties and the trials God has brought you through. But you know what? When a new trial comes along and you remind the devil, devil, God's brought me through before, but the devil always says, but it's different this time. You never faced nothing quite like this. But it doesn't matter. He's proven himself that he will never leave us. He'll never fail us. God will see us through. Amen. We will find that our unseen Savior will see us through every trial. And just like the shepherd in Psalms 23, he ever abides with his own. When we face trials, he goes through our trials with us. And he never leaves us. He never forsakes us. His grace 
has always been sufficient for every need. This ought to cause us to be filled with unspeakable joy. Either someone is in a difficult place right now, or some of us is about to go into one. Maybe it's me. But whatever the reason, I'm glad this book gives us a hope. Amen. Regarding the overcoming of life's difficulties. Do you need something from Jesus? Jesus cares about you. If you need help from God, if you're confused in the battle, whatever the situation, if you feel the load's too heavy, come to God. And Jesus is waiting and willing to help you and meet the needs that you have. The scripture said, casting all your care upon him, for he careth for you. I want you to know, friend, no matter what you're going through, no matter what you're faced with, God cares for you. God loves you. God's concerned about you. And God's not going to forsake you now. Amen. You know, the song says, he'll do it again. And he'll do it again. And he'll do it again. Thank you for listening. If you found this message helpful, please share this episode with your friends on Facebook, Messenger, or your favorite social media. If you have questions or suggestions, please message us on Facebook by searching Living the Good Life Show. A big thank you to Sister Rachel Fowler for all of her editing expertise. Until next time. Keep living the good life.